This is your favorite podcaster, Romina, and you just tuned in to RM Podcast FL. Hello, my beautiful listeners. This is your favorite podcaster, Romina. I hope you guys are having a tremendous and a fabulous and a beautiful and a gorgeous day. It is Tuesday today. It is November 17th, but if you are listening to this episode any other day, that's perfectly fine. I hope you have a blessed day as well. Well, I did want to cover two important things, you guys, before we do jump to today's episode. Numero uno, make sure to go ahead and subscribe to connectwithromina.com. I have a new project launching out for you guys soon, and I know I keep teasing it, but trust me, once it's launched, you guys are going to be mad at me for not launching it sooner. Yes, I said that. You guys are going to be like, Romina, why have you been holding back to all this amazing information? And I'll tell you guys, because if my name is attached to it, I want to make sure it's close to perfect or perfect as much as possible. So it is taking a minute, but make sure to subscribe to www.connectwithromina.com and Romina, it's spelled R-O-M-I-N-A. So this way you guys can stay up to date with the project and with the new articles. We do have educational articles coming out to the website regularly, you guys. So make sure to stay tuned to that. That's numero uno and numero dos. If you are listening from Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us a five-star review as well as a short comment. Tell us how awesome we are doing. And that's perfectly fine. You guys can tell us how pretty we are too because now we actually have the interviews on the video too. You can see the video interviews on our YouTube page, Facebook page, or on our website. Yes, you guessed it right. It's connectwithromina.com. But let's go ahead and introduce today's speaker, you guys, Ryan Bennett. I was able to connect with Ryan while back and I'm very excited to actually bring this episode to you guys because Ryan shares with us how he moved across country pretty much to follow his dream and start a new venture in California. And he shares with us lessons that he learned once his business became just a statistic and how he took that lesson and applied to his new business, which is rocking and rolling right now. And he actually also recently launched the book, you guys, the intentional day a proven guide for intentional growth definitely go ahead and purchase this book the link is in the show notes and i don't want to spoil the episode anymore so the only thing for me left to say is enjoy the episode Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to RM Podcast FL. Just like I said in the intro, yes, this is your favorite podcaster. And it's Tuesday. We have another awesome episode for you guys. Today, we actually have Ryan Bennett. Hi, Ryan. How are you today? Hey, Romina. I'm doing well today. Awesome. Well, again, my energy is super high right now. I already warned one <laughs> Ryan, you guys. So just try to stick with me here, okay? We're going to blame it on the awesome cold brew that I started drinking recently. <laughs> well, Ryan, I want to definitely pass on the mic to you. I don't know anybody else that knows you better than you know yourself. So tell us about Young Beauty today. Tell us how awesome you are. Introduce yourself to our beautiful audience. Uh, well, I'll, I'll introduce myself. I'll let your audience figure out what they think about me. That's, that's not on me. But, uh, but first and foremost, I am uh, a father and a husband out of Kansas City, Missouri. So that's my home. That's where I live. And um, so what I do professionally, though, is I am a high-performance coach, author, and a speaker who guides people to be more intentional with their lives. And how I kind of got here into this journey of where I'm at today has been a windy road, weird, but it's really fun. So I, after a successful college baseball playing career, I wanted to put my competitiveness into something else. I just didn't know what it was, but I had a business degree 
and I had a business idea. So I was like, you know what? I will do a startup. And I knew that to be the best, you got to be around the best. So I moved out to Silicon Valley, recruited a team, and built the product over two and a half years. Um, unfortunately, after those two and a half years, we became a, a statistic. And I had to shut down the business, let go of the team, and drive home to Kansas City. Um, and just just feeling like a loser and lost and kind of reflected on that experience. And I had kind of a big aha. I realized that the same mindset and disciplines that I put into the baseball world, I needed to also take those same disciplines and put them into the professional world. And unfortunately, a failed business is what caused me to realize that. And so at that point, you know, I was 27, living in my parents' basement, flat broke. My friends are kind of going places, and I'm, and I'm now taking the initiative. I finally got myself woken up where I'm like, okay, I want to start studying about this. And I started to come up with a path and a, and a model for personal and professional growth. And so right around that same time that I started to kind of evolve this process, I was then approached to join another startup as a founding team member of it. And I was excited. Not only do I get back in the game of, you know, the startup world, because it's like a really competitive high. Uh, yeah, but when I you also have a competitive can, spirit, you're like, let's go, let's do this. Let's get that's right. <laughs> that's right. I only get in the sidelines so long. I got to get back in the game. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, so I got, so I, anyways, I, uh, I got a chance to get back at it and I get mm -hmm. a chance to apply this formula. And over those seven years I was at the company, we took just an idea and end up building a product that has millions of dollars of revenue and fortune 500 clients using the product every single day. And so what I learned from all that was that for me personally, the best way for me to grow both personally and professionally was really through this intentional method that I created. And so right around that time, I decided to leave the startup in good hand where I'm the biggest cheerleader there is on the sidelines and write a book and, and build a business as a coach around it. Nice. Now I want to focus a little bit because you did say you had this awesome idea and then you wanted to be around, you know, specific people like Silicon Valley. That's where most of the, you know, like the crazy, the craziest ideas at first, but like the most successful ones uh, sometimes come out of, let's just be honest with that. Um, I know you also mentioned about, you talk about like, you are the average of the five people closest to you. Um, let's break it down a little bit because I think it's very important to be surrounded with the right energy or the right people. Maybe not around me when I'm high on coffee, guys, just saying. Because you'll end up just like, you know, like breaking down after an hour. <laughs> but let's talk about how does being around the right people helps you mentally uh, towards your career, your profession, like your career, your personal life, just kind of change perspectives. Um, let's kind of break, like talk about it for a minute Cause how do, and share your experience. How did that help you moving to Silicon Valley and being surrounded with people that think outside of the box? Yeah, that's a great question. Let me let me answer you directly, and then I'll tell kind of I'll give an example. So the five people you matter that you spend the most time with will have the direct effect on your on your future. Okay, that doesn't mean that the five millionaires you hang out with or the five best people you hang out with. It is the people you hang out with most. So you have to be really intentional about that. The science will tell us. So Dr. David McClellan out of Harvard did a study, and he found that the that 95% of your success is associated with the people you hung around with, the five people you hung around with. And so it really, really matters. And so for example, I went up to Silicon Valley. So at that time in Kansas City, 
it wasn't the startup scene it is now. So there's not very many people doing startups. The investors didn't understand the world I was in, recruiting a team. And I think there's a huge learning curve that just wasn't there. And so I knew that to be the best, you got to be around the best. I, I understood this five people principle. And so I packed up a U-Haul without knowing anybody and moved over um, out to Silicon Valley. And out there, it's a whole different environment, right? Like, so I'm walking down the main street, University Ave in, in Palo Alto, and you've got coffee shops, you've got first offices of Google and Logitech, and, and you have, uh, you know, obviously Facebook down the road now. And, you know, you're just passing in, you're in coffee shops and surrounded by people who have the same time of dream you do to try to build something that could change the world. And you're surrounded by investors who want to invest in people like that. And then you're around, you're around mentors, which is really important. You're around the mentors who have done it. And these people want to give back and help the next generation. And so the whole ecosystem is built around this five people principle. Nice. And I, I was smiling when you said just packed up the U-Haul and moved like somewhere that you don't know about it because you reminded me of myself when I moved to America. I had three luggages when I moved here and a teddy bear when I, that I was hugging, like, um, I was 17. I also had no idea. I thought I knew English, but apparently when I moved here, I did not know English. I had to learn English. <laughs> but it's, it's that experience. Too. So it takes a lot of courage to also make that step, though. Uh, did you have like a mentor or somebody to push you? Or were you always like, I have to do this because this is going to be the right circle for me to expose myself? Because uh, I know it's not easy sometimes to make that decision. What was your process or where did you find that ultimate courage to make that step? That's a really good question. Where did I find the courage? Um, I think a little bit the background of sports for me, mm -hmm. because we travel so much and I'm always around different people and new people. These experiences, I, I thrive in them, not like I don't get nervous about them. But I think for me, it's always because the purpose and the reason was greater than the fear of failure or the fear of the unknown for me. I, I don't see failure. I think probably, I probably see failure the same way you do, right? It's not like you lost. It's just something you're not going to do again. It's a big so lesson. The, yeah, it was like there's nothing, there's nothing to lose by moving to Silicon Valley. Yeah, I could lose all my money and, and I feel business, and that's exactly what happened. But yet, like you look at that now – you know, 10 years, it was been 10 years now, eight, not eight years. And it's like, holy cow, look how formative that experience was for me that if I didn't, quote, blow up my life and move it all to Silicon Valley and start over and, and try to go for this thing, like I wouldn't be the person I am today talking to everybody here on, on your show. That is so true, though. I, I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine recently, because we're talking about, you know, um, I'm, I'm talking to her about my recent project, like an online course that when I went to lunch and she's like, well, Marina, why don't you start like a full-time job and then do this aside? And I was like, no, because if I don't do this, I can always get that job. You know, like you have their resume. I can always get that job. If I don't do this now, it will be on the back of my hat. And it's like, what's the worst case scenario? Like I will lose my investment and then I'll go ahead and find a job, let's say five months or a year later. It's like, it's okay. Like it will be fine. But to me and you, this type of thinking process is normal because we're like, we just dare, but to other people is the scariest thing ever. So what advice would you give somebody that has that idea, but has like maybe family or relationship or like something is hold like friendship is holding them back from taking not a big step, but even a mini step. Like, what did you tell to those people to just make a small jump? I saw them go for it. 
Uh, but there's reasons why, you know, so here's the tactical step. So my answer is go for it, take the leap. You will not regret it. The worst case scenario is not that big of a deal, right? You'll stumble forward. You're not mm -hmm. fall back. But the tactical pieces is, is if you're in that moment and you, and you don't know what to do and you're kind of having some negativity around you and you're nervous about it and anxiety and a little bit of fear, here's what I would suggest. I would suggest three things. One is pick up some books of people who went for it and, 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 and learn from them. Henry Ford started Ford Motor Company on his third, third field venture. Sam Walton started Walmart on his third field venture, right? Like, the, like Google, Google was like the fifth search engine in the market, right? They weren't the first. So go learn from people who've been in the, in, in the trenches with it. You can read books on it and biographies. It's wonderful. Two, Go find mentors or reach out to people on Instagram, reach out to people on Facebook who, who done it. Or LinkedIn. People are not you. using LinkedIn. LinkedIn. It drives yes. me bananas when people don't use LinkedIn. Yes. Especially if you're in your, like, your 20s or even young 30s, people want to help the next generation. Like, just ask. They'll be happy to help you. And then the third thing, and it goes back to our first topic, was the people you associate with. So I'm not saying, you know, change your family. I'm not change, changing your friends. I'm not that. I'm saying go seek out peers and people who kind of are on the edge or doing something different or who have a side hustle, who are, who are thinking differently with you. And, and then they have, and be around them, have coffee, have lunch, have dinner, have drinks, whatever it is, and start to pick their brain. And you'll realize that you're not alone. Yeah. Your thinking's not, not you, it's, your thinking's not unique. Your anxiety and fear is not unique, but people have a bigger purpose can overcome that fear. So you're going to the roots of changing habits and changing little things one step at a time. That's what it boils down to. Yes, of course. <laughs> um, so The Power of Habit is one of my most favorite books ever. It's amazing. If you guys haven't read it, definitely should read it. But uh, tell me a little bit about you. Was there some, like a habit that maybe as a teenager, like you thought it was like the greatest thing ever because you know, like teenage mind. And then as growing up, you're like, okay, well, this seems a little off because I've seen other people, like I've seen different, you know, mentalities in Silicon Valley or whatever the case might be. So is there like, what habits did you start changing to be where, like to have the mental process that you have now? It's a great question. Um, I'm a big fan of habits. Actually in my book, one of the sections is called daily disciplines, which are like, how do you establish this? So here is the example for me that you asked. So actually, this is like a real, a real piece. It's, it's in my book, but this is kind of funny. In 2011, my goal was actually to watch more television. Like that was my yearly goal. That's how, that's where I was at that moment. Um, okay, come again. And, in 2011, your goal was to watch more TV. Yeah, my no goal. No matter the was, show, just watch TV. Watch, it's like I put, it on, I put it on Facebook on New Year's Day and I, I like, re, I take a screenshot of it. And it, my goal was to watch more television. I mean, are you kidding me? But that's what it was. So that's okay. where I was at. And then let me tell you about how I got to where I am today. So I realized that TV was just mindless, a waste of time for me. And, but. Pretty you know, picture, growing, but, you know, waste of time. Yes, yes, exactly. But the thing was, is that like growing up, we always sat in front of the TV. After work, I sat in front of the TV. Saturday mornings, I sit in front of the TV. It's my way to relax, but it wasn't a good habit of mine, right? There, it's built into me, but it wasn't a good habit. So, so what I wanted to do is like, I wanted to now change that habit and build a life where TV is not driving me. 
And so I decided that I was going to pick up a book instead. And so I go get, go to the library, pick up my first book, and I have it on the nightstand next to me, and I'm watching TV. And at that time, we had commercials. You know, it was like live TV. It was commercials. And I was like, okay, what I'm going to do then is actually pick up the book at commercial and start to read it. Well, the first commercial comes, and I just can't seem to pause the TV to read the book. And, and so there's a whole journey here. But long story short to all that, I started to, to mute the TV at commercial break and started to read for just two minutes, maybe a minute and a half. And slowly I started to enjoy the book more than I enjoyed TV. And that rhythm and that momentum started to build upon itself. And I started to become disciplined in my reading. And then I created a, a rule for myself that like I won't watch TV on Monday nights. Like that's my night to read. Every other night's game, right? And so all this sort of this little tiny habit of picking up this book at a commercial break on TV led me now to where I hardly watch any TV, only on weekends. During the weekdays, my wife and I only like, we, don't, we have the TV off, we're reading, we're enjoying each other, whatever the case may be for our family. And so that is an example I have, right? Started with love TV and just pick up the book for a minute and a half, turn it into now I, I love to read. That's how I re actually relax. And not only does that, that's a good habit to relax. I learn a lot from it, but it all started with that little tiny, tiny step. That, uh, that's interesting because <laughs> the other day I called my internet company because I'm negotiating prices again. My contract is up and they're trying to sell me cable. I was like, I don't watch TV. And they're like, what do you mean you don't watch TV? I said, I don't watch it. I said, I read. And I was explaining, and maybe you're the same way. I was explaining to the lady that I was on the phone. I was like, I'm a visual learner. I said, when I read a book, I paint my own picture. I'm the own director of my own, of my own show. And she made fun of me. But, and then I got to the discussion with her. And I, I guess not everybody thinks like that when you read a book. Are you the same? Or am I'm I the same weird? as you. Okay. No, I'm the same as you on this one. She said there are people that like they they just read and then process it, but I'm like, no, I paint the picture. Like to me, like it's a whole show going on. And if I pause it, I have to go back, you know, a little bit further. I have to go back like a couple of scenes before to kind of recap <laughs> what's going on. Does it make sense? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, now I have a question though, because as a father, you had this goal, um, which I think it's funny goal to watch a lot more TV and that we are where we are. But as a father, how do you help your child? Because we have a lot of listeners that are also parents. How do you help your child build those right habits? Because something that's gone on with today's technology, with the, you know, with all the gaming world and everything, like they've spent a lot of time with gamings. Towards me, when my generation in Albania, at least, we would play out a lot. And like, we would barely play games. I played Super Mario and it was like super day for me. So you as a father, how do you help your child or what do you recommend somebody to do to build right habits at a young generation too? Uh, that's a great question. I actually would love to know the answer to that. I am a father of only a few months, so I oh. don't have the credibility to answer that yet. Well, congratulations, we didn't know that. Yeah, thank you. So I don't have the credibility to answer how to be a parent yet. I'm still figuring that out and reading books about it and talking to people, right? Like taking my own advice here. Um, but I know how people change. And so I'm yeah. imagining kids change the same way, but I, I won't speak on kids, but I will speak on maybe how people change. And so people, hedonic theory mm -hmm. is a theory of our brain where people avoid pain and seek pleasure, right? That's, that's how it works. But I don't like the avoidant pain. That is like a, a task-oriented accountability like those type of words. I like more the pleasure seeking, 
which is momentum building, which is positive habits. And so if somebody had a bad habit and they wanted to change, it's really about like when that, when that trigger happens, changing the actual performance, say changing the behavior in that moment to then get a dopamine kick from a solid behavior. And so that's how, that's how, I mean, that's how habits are created, right? Like, so, so that's, I don't know how I'll do it with a kid because that's a whole different ball game. A three-year-old a whole different game than a 30-year-old. But for 30-year-olds, that's what I would coach people to do. So let's say I'm your client, right? And I have this really bad habit of naming a bad habit for me here. Um, Snacking late at night? Yeah. Okay. Let's go with that. Actually, I am bad at that. So yeah, let's stick with the real case scenario. Um, like, you know, snacking late at night. What did you recommend somebody? And I want to talk about the process here, the step-by-step, not cold turkey, because sometimes we have withdrawals, okay? Um, step-by-step, what did you recommend to change such a habit that it might be a lot of people out there? Like the process of it. Yeah, so it goes back to my intentional growth formula, which is knowledge plus discipline, which is intentional actions and what leads to growth. And so the first part of knowledge is also awareness, self-awareness. So a piece of that is like understanding not only what is the bad habit, but what is driving it. So you eat late at night because you're bored. Are you eating late at night because you're nervous? Are you eating late at night because it's emotional eating? Is it because you didn't get enough protein during the day, right? So there's a good piece of awareness of like, okay, let me understand why, mm-hmm. which is the knowledge side. And then now what actions are we going to put in place? So options of that could be, like when you get that urge, maybe chew gum because chew gum is no calories and it keeps your mouth moving. Maybe get up and, and, and drink a glass of water. Or maybe if you are going to snack, like replace it with, a, with almonds or cashews or something positive and then eat it really slowly because the more you chew, the more your mind thinks you're actually full. And so and you drag that out. So one of the things that I do is I love pretzels and I love snacking on popcorn. Anything salty, I love. And I All find day. My, all day love it like that's my thing not candy it's salt salty pretzels and so what i do then is instead of eat the salty pretzels which have a lot of carbs and and not great for me i'll replace it with the cheese stick and the reason why is because i can pull off little tiny pieces of the cheese and it gives my hands and my mouth something to do over a long period of time that decreases my calorie intake but also puts me in the momentum building of changing that habit so that's that's maybe an example for the audience or for you on this no, I love it because you did mention, for example, it's a mindset game. Like you still feel like you're doing what you used to do, but you're, I wouldn't say manipulate your mind. I would say recalibrate your mind. So it's still like, you know, with a cheese stick, that's a great example because you're still working on it. You're still busy. It's less. And then it just starts slowly till like one day you just want to end up like, because you'd be like, mm, this doesn't even taste good. I'm just going to, I'm okay. So yeah, that's, that that's how habits are formed. Yeah, like that's because our brain has neuroplasticity. It's neuroplastic. It, it'll change. It'll modify. You can you can train this. So um, I also had another question. So let's talk a little bit about your book. First off, I love the cover of your book. And I really had a question towards why did you decide to go with that cover? Because I feel like it's very simple, but classic. Is there like a process of why or was that the reason why? Uh, I'm a big believer in you hire the best people and you give them room to run. And it was my designer. She did an incredible job. I gave I gave her kind of the, what I like to lead. I like to people give like the framework of a house, but let them do all the finishes. And so she she did that. I mean that I can't take any credit for it. I'm not creative, but 
uh, I'm not creative. And she did, she did the work. She did an amazing job. I, I love the, the simplicity of it. I, I love the simplicity of it too, because it's one of those like classics. And then it just, it's, it's a very nice cover. And for you guys, I'll attach the information on the show notes. So if you're being lazy, it's just a click away. I get it. <laughs> you're probably driving or working out and listening to us. But also if you want to see our pretty faces, guys, don't forget, you can find it on the YouTube channel and on the website. Um, Ryan, I had a question while I was talking about the book that it just flew my mind because my brain is going 100 miles per hour mm -hmm. here. Um, so I'm curious though. You played sports growing up. So who was Ryan like 17 years old? Like how different are you from who you are right now? Is the fundamentals of it the same? Just carved differently? Like who were you at 17 compared to now as an individual? Ooh, I love your questions, Romina. <laughs> um, I try I'm, to put thoughts into it. <laughs> yes, I am definitely probably way more immature than you were when you came to America. I was born and raised here, so it's a little easier. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean to say 17, but yeah, that's true. I just thought of it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm ultra competitive uh, and, and driven and ambitious. That's just who I am. Um, but that wasn't harnessed quite yet. And so what that means, like um, competitive, you know, poor sport or driven in business where he's out of control or is just about Ryan. I was pretty self-centered, pretty focused on just what I wanted to do and, and where I wanted to go. So me and you would definitely not get along. <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> no, like it was just about, it was the Ryan show and it was that, and it, it really, finished. yeah, and it really was that until my business failed. Um, and in that moment, was, it was really good that I had that big old piece of humble pie that I ate because I needed to understand like, that I needed to change and evolve and grow. I was 27, so I had no excuse to being a child anymore, a young adult. Like, I became, I'm an adult now, I'm 27 years old. Like, what do I actually want? Who do I want to be? Those are the questions I had to ask myself in that moment. And so that's what evolved me in the, you know, the last eight years to who I am today, but it's, it's associating around the right people, reading the books, learning how people grow and how you, how yourself grows, establishing good daily disciplines. Those are what got me to where I am. And so I hope that answers your question. It was, it was the Ryan show when I was 17. No, it does because you, like I would say you're so different because it ended up being from the Ryan show to the Ryan now that wants to you know empower others and help others strive on their business on their personal life or relationships so it's not about ryan it's about other people now and what ryan can help for them so just to over jump that that's not an easy thing to do to to turn from a self-centered person to let me help you let me teach you from my lessons i wouldn't want to call mistakes but let me teach you from my lessons yeah and a little bit of that is the mindset of just understanding that like there's plenty of pie out there. Like we can win together. And yeah. it's not like me versus you, right? Like if you have a lot of audience and that means I don't No, like we can help each other. And the best way to help people is like to literally help, help them, like help serve people and help them and help them dream and achieve. And that, that not only is that fulfilling to me, but the more you help people, the more people are going to want to help you. That's just the way the world works. There, um, forgot what book it's from, but it's sad. I think it's Napoleon Hill who said that. Don't quote me, guys. If I'm wrong, then you can, you know, yell at me. It's okay. I said, you will achieve what you want in life once you help enough people achieve what they need to be in life. Yeah. Is that Napoleon Hill? 
it could be Napoleon Hill or uh, it probably is. It's it's one of the classics. It's either quote. him or Dale Carnegie. One of yeah. them. It's it's one of those two. One of those two. And their books, you guys, like I love it. Uh, I would say my favorite book is How to Make Friends and Influence People, uh, Carnegie. Um, How to Think and Grow Rich. That's a great one. Um, you know, The Power of Habits. There's so many. And also, have you read Conscious Capitalism by uh, Mackey? Not yet. Ooh, that's I a heard good, good things about it, though. Yeah. That's a good read. What's your favorite? So I can get new suggestions here, too. Uh, I, I have a lot of favorites of books. I'm a big reader. I have favorite authors. Okay. Um, and so I like to read them. So Dale Carnegie is a favorite author, Napoleon Hill. Jim Rohn is like one of my favorites. Um, John Wooden is another great one. Uh, he takes the sports angle a little bit too. So I have these favorite authors that I love to follow. Wasn't he a coach, John Wooden? Yeah. So I he actually did coach. an episode for the UCLA. I did an episode because he, oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, I Tell read me about a, it. I ran into a research from John Wooden. Right away, I was like, hold up. Um, he, and I found this very interesting. He talks about this whenever, so he wanted to win, of course, like the championships. But the first day of every new season, he would teach their guy, his guys how to tie their shoes and put their socks correctly. Have you heard this? And yeah, and like at first I was like, well, what are you doing? Like, we're here to win a championship. Like, let's go to practice. And then they start talking about like the basics, how important is the basics instead of, you know, just thinking about the championship, you need to get down to the nitty gritty, to the detail, because if you don't put your, you know, if you don't tie your shoes correctly, then my untie and you might fall or, you know, might have a blister and then you cannot run. Like to that fundamentals, which I find that story with John, like John Wooden, like amazing to me. Yeah, he's one of my favorites because he won. So he's the he's the winningest coach or one of the top winningest coach in all college basketball history for the UCLA Bruins. They called him he, the Wizard of um, something. I don't remember the nickname. Yeah, but he, the thing was that he won ten national championships in twelve years, but never actually talked about winning the game. It never came out of his mouth. He was all about performing the best of your ability on each and every single day. So whether you won or lost, that, that was only the outcome, that was the scoreboard. What you can control in his definition of success was the ability to do your best to the ability that you've been given every single day. And I just love that and I resonated with it. It's like, it's like winning the day. What can, what can we do to win every single day? And if we do that, it'll compound and the scoreboard will take care of itself and so that's why he's one of my favorite authors. Nice. And I love it winning the day because just day in and day out, try your best. You know, when you go to sleep, you feel like I had a good day, like I had an accomplished day. Or if you feel like you might have done something better, don't be too harsh on yourself. Just do it tomorrow. Um, I don't mean slack here. You know, don't slack. But if you feel like, you, you know, you're missing something, just make sure that you still do it because society the you know social media all these people put so much noise so much distraction that we feel like we're slacking but we're actually if you compare it to where you were like a week ago five months ago or a year ago like it's a big drastic but those little steps are super duper important they they really are and it's like some there's some psychology that we probably don't have time for but in my book each week we do you know wins losses and learnings and so it helps you pause and think about what were the wins what were the things I needed to correct? And what did I learn? And then you, and then you take the bridge of change. What will I do differently? 
and that's it. Just a little tweak. Yeah. Yeah. Just little tweaks. And each, each day, if you could do it every night, that's awesome. You know, you and I were talking about how we watch the, our film of ourselves to, for slight tweak and improvement. And that, that's all it's about. It's just about improving every single day a little bit to whatever you want to go, whatever you want to do, not what society tells you. Yeah. So that way you're, you're at your high potential. You're at the, the peak of where you want to be in your life. And honestly, I mean, we're, I would love to hear more about your book, but I actually don't want to spoil it. So like I said earlier, you guys, you lazy guys, like just tap on the show notes. We'll direct you to the <laughs> link right away. Uh, but I'm sure you don't have just the book and your, you know, your business is aside. Are you working on a new and exciting project that you would love to share with us? Like I love listening to new ideas because I love the whole thought to turn into a project. Anything exciting you're working on that you want to share with us? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm coming up. I, I just created what I call the intentional day program. It is a month program, a four week course around my book. What nice. I found is that people, uh, well, they, they want me to help and I, and I love to do it. And people um, need some guidance as they start to establish these first goals and daily disciplines and dreaming. And so I put together a four week course that walks them through the, the four elements of growth, the dreaming, the goal setting, and then also like the win loss learning, like how to tweak it there. And so that way, once they learn all this stuff, they can, they can excel on their own without needing me, which is the whole goal. That's really awesome, actually, because especially for like accountability or actually needing guidance, because whenever you read a book, like you might get, you know, just a portion of the book through you. But if you go through slowly through a program, I like that idea. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, thank you. It became because people are asking for it, right? That's how, that's how entrepreneurs create stuff. People ask for it, and you're they like, you know, what? I think I can, yeah. yeah, I think I can package this up and and do something around. So that's the new project I'm working on. I just I'm tweaking it now and still running some ads on it. So nice. I would love to know when that is launched. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for you for a new project. Now we are coming to the end of the show, and you guys, number one, should definitely connect with Ryan, which we'll go ahead and get to the details. But before we tell people, Ryan, where they can connect with you, I'm always curious about the answer of the last question. What is your personal definition of success? So for me, it is authentically walking out like the purpose I have for my life. And so what that is, is to, to help people, to encourage people, to awake people, to, um, to shake people up a little bit um, to the life they want to live. And so for me to authentically do that. And the reason why I say that is because there's so many different digital marketing things and all these things that you can get in your mind. But the reality is I need to be authentic to who I am to be able to walk out the purpose I have for myself. And that is how I define success. I love it. And I have a follow-up question to that. Okay, sure. So do you have like, I'm sure you have friends or, you know, a friendship or a circle of relationships that, uh, knew you when you were 17 when it was Ryan's show and like no Ryan now like what are some of the most awesome comments that you would get that people sometimes would be like whoa I didn't realize I've changed this much oh gosh I really don't have one to me actually it's been it's been a little challenging um what I don't think people tell you is when you start to grow and and in your old relationships don't and aren't growing there's the separation and so I have some of my friends who I've who I grew up with who are still growing with me. And, and that's just been really fun. But I have other ones who've plateaued. They, they've reached what they wanted to do in life and they plateaued and, I, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm just beginning. And um, so that separation is building a kind of a gap between us. So um, for me, I kind of have probably a different experience than you do around it. Gotcha. 
Awesome. Well, you want to tell us where, where our beautiful audience can connect with you, the platforms that you're available on? Yeah, the, the best the, the best two spots is one on my website, theintentionalday.com, and you can find out more information about me and the book there. And then also on Instagram is where I post a lot of this stuff and a lot of my thoughts, and that's at ryan.performancecoach. Awesome. And then I'll attach all the information, of course, for you guys too, and LinkedIn. If you haven't helped to have, if you don't have a LinkedIn account yet, please open one. <coughs> Dress with bananas. When people don't have one, you're missing a lot of opportunities, you guys. Go from Facebook to LinkedIn. No, they're not paying me. I just think it's much better. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Ryan, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Any last thing you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, no, that's it. I just, I guess the only thing, last thing I would share is like, whatever you want to do, just take the step tomorrow or right now to go for it. You have nothing to lose. Failure is just an illusion. Just, just go for it. You got this. Failure is just an illusion. I like that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. And for you, my listeners out there, make sure to tune in every Tuesday. And if you like, if you're listening to this through a podcast platform, wherever you get your podcast juice from, go ahead and hop in on the YouTube channel as well as on connectwithromina.com to actually see the video interview so you guys can see our pretty faces as well. And with that being said, thank you guys and we'll see you next week. Thanks, Romina.